activate. Are you ready? AI Nexus Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening for all of our listeners joining in to another exciting episode of AI Nexus Podcast. Here we have myself and my esteemed colleague across the pond, Newton. Newton, how are you doing today? Doing great, Elias. Doing great. Couldn't be better. Um, you know, quite a lot seems to be happening as we approach the year end. You know, I'm oh, glad yeah. to see that um, that despite our recklessness and greed in exploring AI, and um, not forgetting our proclivity for evil as a as a species, somehow you know everybody, good and bad, uh, have all come together, and we have um, worked responsibly and. Uh, we still manage to keep the sun rising in the east every single day. <laughs> um, how are you, buddy? You okay? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing absolutely terrific. It has been, like you said, um, just a tumultuous ride this uh, seemingly just this whole month so far with AI news and developments. I just feel like Everybody said we're going to end the year 2023 on a high note of AI announcements and uh, new developments. And um, it's funny because uh, we just came up on the one-year anniversary of uh, ChatGPT being released. So it looks like just in the past year alone, Newton, AI has come leaps and bounds. And it looks like 2024 just continue to unfold with amazing surprises with new announcements. Perfectly true. I, I can't agree more. You know, um, on the one hand, though, I'm kind of pleased uh, to see that at least somewhere, because I know not so much is happening in the United States uh, in terms of regulations, but at least uh, somewhere talks on regulating and enforcing ethical development of AI has not been just that talks. You know, finally, some um, tangible moves have been made by the European Union in this regard. I don't know if you're aware, but um, last week, they reached um, a provisional agreement on the initially proposed AI Act. You know, Elias, the same act you and I, we covered in a previous episode. So this new set of um, of AI rules, which they uh, they all agreed upon at this time around, it imposes obligations on high-impact general-purpose AI systems, you know, enforcing proper risk assessment and adversarial testing, which must be done before such AI systems can be deemed fit for public use. You know, the new set of laws require these AI systems to be transparent by producing technical documentation and um, detailed summaries about content they use for training their AI models. 
as we both know, this has been one thing the big names like OpenAI and uh, Anantropic are yet to do till this very day, you know? Yes, very true. And uh, failure to adhere to this, uh, these new rules uh, will incur hefty fines, you know, up to 7.5 million euros or about 1.5% of the company's revenue. Wow. You know, and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something. The use of AI was also banned in the scraping of facial images from CCTV footages. And um, as reported by The Verge, any form of biased categorization using AI was also banned by this new set of rules. You know, for example, AI categorizations based on um, sensitive characteristics, you know, like race, sexual orientation, Mm. religion, political beliefs, for example, emotion recognition at work. You know, all the creation of um, social scoring systems, all to be banned in the EU um, under this new set of laws. These long-awaited regulations will govern the use of AI only in the European Union, of which, unfortunately, the UK is not a member. Uh, but, but I'm still hyped nonetheless, Elias, and um, and I'm not I'm completely not surprised. Again, uh, uh, Europe has always led on such things as rules, regulations, and rights, you know, and I'm just uh, keeping my fingers crossed that um, hopefully the rest of the world, uh, the UK and the US, and basically everyone else would just uh, would follow suit, right, while we still can. Yeah, Newton, that's the hope. I, uh, I'm, I'm optimistic and positive to hear that um, at least regulation is really starting to take form somewhere in the form of policies that really benefit the citizen than more so the corporation. Um, Here in the U.S., unfortunately, right now, um, the more focus of regulation or their lack of, I should say, is more focused on um, like the SEC and uh, more like capital markets, financial markets, things to do with cryptocurrencies. Um, so Mm. AI has been, yeah, sure at the forefront here in the U S but more so about like announcements. It seems more so that the regulators, the policymakers, the legislatures, the bureaucrats don't quite understand what exactly is going on with the technology. And I just think they're not really wanting to quite regulate it just yet, but For our listeners out there that are here in the U.S., they'll get what I'm about to say. But there seems to be this geritocracy of leadership uh, going on and has been for quite some time. And they just don't quite get it. It's kind of like if you're on holiday trying to explain to your geriatric grandfather the intricacies of what machine learning and large language models and AI are. He's just going to kind of shrug his shoulders and say something kind of funny and out there. And, you know, <laughs> that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited uh, to see where this journey leads going into 2024. Because, I mean, we've had some big announcements that have come out just in the past week, Newton. I mean, look at um, 
Google, you and I were just talking about this not too long ago. Uh, Google DeepMind revealed ChatGPT's biggest competitor, Google Gemini. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you were, you were telling me a few things about that, Newton, weren't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not in a positive light, um, unfortunately, Elias. You know, again, it takes things back to this, you know, this speed to market agenda that's going on, right? where, um, you know, poorly tested AI solutions are being hastily released to the public, right? Uh, I, I recall you and I, for at least five episodes of ours, we have always highlighted this as one of the, the biggest risks that's facing uh, civilization with the new AI revolution that's going on, right? Um, little did we know <laughs> that it could actually get worse. And this is what just happened in some sort, right, with the release of Gemini. It's basically around the way it was released, okay, not the product itself, don't get me wrong. Um, This Google's long-promised next-gen AI model, promising to be be delivering things that are yet to be built, you know. Uh, In last week's virtual press briefing, you know, members of the Google team gave this high-level overview of Gemini and its capabilities. But um, Elias, it turned out that, you know, this Gemini we've all been waiting for is actually not just one product, right? It's actually a family of AI models. You know, it comes in three flavors, right? So you've got the Gemini Ultra, the Gemini Pro, and the Gemini Nano. To get the full array of what it can do, you would need to have all three, right? And um, to even make matters worse, the demo of Gemini, uh, it was somewhat staged, Elias, meaning the responses from the AI model were kind of recorded rather than being actual real-time or appropriate to the prompt that was fed into the AI model at the time. You know, so this is a situation where, you know, a company is kind of um, eager to proclaim to the world that what could be already is, and it has built it. You know, come on, Google, I, I think you're better than that. Exactly. Exactly. 100% agree, Newton. It's, um, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in January because Newton, not just Google, but Amazon also introduced Q, an AI chatbot for companies. So it looks like even Amazon's starting to step into the race now. Amazon entered the AI chatbot field with Amazon Q, designed by its cloud division, AWS. And it's meant to assist in the workplace by streamlining tasks such as summarizing documents, providing company policy info, and Newton. Unlike consumer-oriented AI solutions out there right now, Q is actually built on the Bedrock platform, and it's integrating multiple AI systems crafted to align with established enterprise security protocols, which I found rather interesting, a little bit different there. And, you know, it's offered to businesses at a competitive pricing model. So Q actually represents Amazon's effort to catch up with the tech giants like Google, Microsoft, and the whole AI sphere, which was highlighted as part of a series of AI-focused announcements at its AWS conference. Um, However, though, Newton, is soon after its launch, there are internal concerns 
about Q's reliability. There are actually reports of the chatbot hallucinating and potentially exposing confidential data during its public preview, a situation categorized by the employees as severe, but downplayed very much by Amazon as a lack of identifying security issues and a part of the feedback process for improvement, which I just kind of felt that response to be just pedantic, you know, just, just kind of just brushing it under the rug, so to speak, you know, just not taking accountability because I mean, these are serious issues, these hallucinations and exposure of sensitive data, you know, I mean, there needs to be more responsibility and accountability. And I think that's part of the lack here in the U S is that there's not really anybody making any regulation in relation to what's going on with these companies that are just creating and pushing out these AI solutions, whether they're consumer solutions or enterprise solutions, which is even scarier, you know, I mean, on the heels of that as well, Newton, um, just to kind of segue just really quick into another large company making more announcements, you know, Meta had also quietly unveiled 20 new AI features as well, Newton, you know, all the way from updates that's going to enhance Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp Messenger, you know, all the way to a standalone product called Image with Meta AI, which is basically just a free image generator with invisible watermarks to increase transparency on AI images, you know? So, I mean, and one of the last things that I saw that they had announced was, um, it was more so a demo of Seamless Expressive. It's a uh, new AI model that enables speech translation across languages while maintaining key elements like vocal style, tone, and expression. And I thought that alone was pretty cool. That really piqued my interest mm -hmm. using AI to gap and bridge language and communication barriers. I think that's going to be something that's going to be huge moving forward. You know, so imagine in my world, for example, I am on Zoom and Google Meet quite a bit. Now imagine being able to have cross-border meetings in real time with somebody that doesn't even speak the same language as you, and you're able to have very in-depth conversations that are in real time translated for you. That's something that excites me. I completely agree. That would be huge. Yeah. That would be transforming the entire globe into a giant ball of people that can actually communicate at will and to whatever extent they need to, you know? So yes, you're right. That would be something to look forward to. Uh, I wouldn't say we do not have solutions at the moment that are attempting to achieve that, but at the scale of um, it happening digitally online, you know, that would be a game changer, you know, over via Zoom and via Google Meets. As we, we've got, what do you call it, humans, AIP yes. as well. That also, yeah, it translates languages in real time when you're speaking to someone. But, but again, it's a physical device you have to wear on your, on your oh, chest. Yeah. And, but if this can happen remotely, the translation, I, I just can't fathom at the moment just how much value that would bring to businesses and families Huge. worldwide. I'm just so curious to see how 
AI is going to start getting integrated in with physical hardware, like pens, things that are wearable, things that just really are meant to make us efficient in day-to-day tasks while on the move, you know? Um, But something that I wanted to kind of just touch upon really quick and bring up that I don't think really we talk about enough. We talked about it, I think, a few episodes ago, but... Most people don't realize this, for example, making an image with generative AI uses as much energy as charging your phone. So there is a recent study that was done by Hugging Face and Carnegie Mellon University discussed in an article by um, Melissa. I'm, Melissa, if for whatever reason you're listening, I'm going to butcher your last name. <laughs> Melissa Hykelia. You on your own, Elias? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> But, um, but, but there's an article that was discussed by Melissa from Carnegie Mellon University, and it found that using AI to perform various tasks, such as generating images or writing emails, right, it incurs a significant amount of energy and carbon cost. Generating just one image, Newton, can consume as much energy as charging a smartphone. On the other hand, while text generation is a less energy intensive, now Newton, the research still awaiting peer review emphasizes that while training large language models is energy consuming, the usage of these models contributes the most to their carbon footprint. Mm. The study actually calculated the emissions from different AI tasks across multiple models highlighting that image generation is notably more energy and carbon intensive than text generation. Generative AI models, Newton, which perform various tasks simultaneously, were found to use much more energy than specialized models designed for specific tasks. Now, the findings actually suggest a need to reconsider the use of generative AI in favor of less carbon intensive alternatives and have actually sparked discussions about the sustainability and carbon accountability of AI technologies. Mm. And I think this is something that we really need to kind of start bringing more to the forefront with topic and conversation because for a long time in the crypto community, for example, Bitcoin mining had always been such a huge talking point because of its carbon footprint. You know, so, I mean, I I think that we really need to start kind of focusing on this, you know, and and really see kind of what's going on with this energy consumption and see kind of what we can do to kind of mitigate it. Yeah, completely agree. You know, there there were talks at some point that, you know, we needed to figure out how we were going to provide the energy that would be required by these AI solutions. Because um, it's kind of concerning what you've just mentioned, Elias. Uh, of course, it would be relative to the size of the image being generated, of course. But hopefully it's not when you're charging a smartphone phone from, uh, from 0% to 100. Because that would be an immense amount of energy that's been consumed, you know, just to develop a flimsy image, which would probably not be used. Because I can tell you every single minute of every single hour, every day, Images have been generated online nonstop by people all over the world. We're talking about billions, maybe trillions of images. Yeah. And yeah. I'm referring to the images that are not being used, right? 
AI can generate a thousand images and then you can pick one, the one you like the best. So for the, uh, the remaining 999 images that are essentially discarded at the spot, that's energy efficiently wasted, you know? Uh, there were talks about, you know, slowing down the, the pace at which things were moving so we could at least figure out how best to power this, the development of these AI models. You know, but I think that kind of fell on deaf ears. And wait a minute, I also signed that petition. Oh, you know, there was um the moratorium, right? The six months pause, which was um uh-huh. yeah, it was supposed to happen at some point, but I guess uh, didn't get enough traction. And and funny enough, you know, the same man, Mr. Musk, you know, who called for the six months pause on AI development, he has um. Join the chatbot race as well. You know, last week, Twitter or X officially began rolling out its rebellious AI chatbot, Grok, you know, yes. to its premium plus subscribers. Grok would be something to contend with. I can say that much. Elon was asked, why the change of heart, Mr. Musk? You know, you're asking for a pause. What happened? You know, his response... Uh, you know, he said, why sign in the petition? He knew all of that was futile and he just wanted to have it on the record somewhere that he, he tried to pass this roller coaster before things got out of hand, you know? Hmm. And his chatbots, in a way, it's similar to the top AI chatbots of today, you know, like ChatGPT, except that it claims to be better equipped at handling controversial topics. You know, the types of topics and questions other chatbots would politely declined to answer today, Grok, on the other hand, seems to um, to take particular delight in, um, in addressing them, you know, and users have confirmed it also responds with loads of humor and quick wit, you know. So yeah, I mean, Elon is in the race, uh, petition was signed to no avail, energy consumption might be bad, but I can only say it's about to get worse, Elias, with come 2024. 100% worse. I completely agree with you, Newton. It's going to be very interesting. I, I always come back to this, and I'll always try to always end on this. I think the next step, I think the next big thing... Let me guess, quantum. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, it's because, it's because I've been paying attention to a lot of stuff in that field, and quantum computing it's something that fascinates me always has i'll never you know, come forget to think what... about it come to, oh, yeah. to interject there elias but we should bring this to our listeners uh, an episode dedicated to quantum properly you know because i'm not really yes. sure everyone fully understands what's coming with quantum i'm not sure you know people fully grasp um, how this could mean the end of the internet as we know it right when you've got these computers at unfathomable speeds, which can basically make void all passwords and all cryptography technologies we have, making the internet what it is today, right? Without um, security, the internet is nothing. Terminologies like um, intranet, online databases, Oh, my password, my YouTube password, my verification code and all that stuff can be completely annihilated by, you know, quantum computers. 
you know, the entire oh, yeah. internet would have to be redesigned from scratch. And this is just one of the, the possible outcomes we could have with quantum computers. Sorry, not to digress too much, but I think we should probably put that on our to-do. I completely agree because, you know, Newton, it's funny that you, that you touch upon that topic when it comes to uh, cryptography and security. So what we'll do is uh, maybe on the next episode, we'll, we'll spend a fair amount of time diving really into uh, the ramifications and implications of quantum technology and the advent of it. Um, but the beautiful thing is, is part of the thing to mitigate that is, I'm not going to really go too far into it, but something in a zero-proof knowledge, uh, CPKs. And mm. we're going to have the marriage of AI, blockchain, and now quantum. And I think these three things are really, are what going to drive our civilization and society into the stratosphere, into outer space, into the next big thing. Because uh, I just really, like I said, I just kind of wanted to end it all here. But for example, researchers at Harvard uh, this mm-hmm. past week had claimed that they think that they've actually been able to reconcile gravity with Einstein's theory of relativity. Now, for our listeners out there that may not be you know, theoretical physics nerds or anything like that, like myself, you know, that's huge. That's big. There's a reason it's called theoretical physics, the theory of everything, if you will. So uh, Mm. we'll touch upon this a little bit more. We really want to take the time to properly, you know, dive into this sort of uh, onion that we're starting to peel back with quantum technology and quantum computing. So uh, definitely in a future episode, we're going to really take the time to properly dive in to quantum technology. Yes. Yes. So. So stay tuned for those exciting updates and make sure that you're liking, subscribing, commenting, and engaging on our social media. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or feedback, we love to hear them. So please reach out. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, listeners. Elias has said it all. Um, sure to subscribe. Keep in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to tune in next week for yet another episode with us and spend time listening to us chat about what's going on in the IT space. So until next time, have a a lovely rest of the day. AI Nexus.